With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei, on vSEN, the sports betting network. The updated NFL betting guide will be released on Thursday. Throughout the NFL preseason, the VEASAN experts have been reevaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL guide has picks from every on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VEASAN betting splits, and football contest strategies. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews, now is the time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber as low as as $19 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet bet smarter all year long. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe. You can go ahead and get that guide right now. It is out. Our vsin updated NFL betting guide. Uh, Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line hanging out with you guys here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Bebefe alongside Michael Lombardi. Uh, Michael, we have our buddy Tim Murray. VEASAN host of VEASAN Primetime, also the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. Get that wherever you get your podcast, and he is joining us right now to break down college football week number one. Tim, I see you have your three best bets, but I'm contractually obligated to ask you about Coach Prime and Colorado against TCU with the updated numbers that we have right now with TCU laying 21, total around that 63.5 range. Uh, what is the betting angle here with Colorado and TCU? Man, uh, it's it's funny just talking to different people, you know, all all summer long, Femi and, and Michael, and always appreciate jumping on with you guys. The buzz around a game with a three touchdown spread is uh, is something we don't see all that often. But uh, for right, you know, for for good purposes, uh, I'm excited to to see what Colorado has in store, guys, heading into this year. Uh, the angle, if any, I, I would look at. And I know what the you know the clock and and all of that. Uh, there's questions, but you know, I think to the two offenses that were expected to see today with Sean Lewis, uh, now the offensive coordinator of Colorado, the former Kent State head coach, the hashtag flash, flash, uh, flash fast offense there at Kent State for years. And then Kendall Bryles comes over uh, to TCU to take over that offense as Garrett Riley departed for Clemson. So I think we're going to see a lot of tempo today. Uh, obviously the heat is expected to be a factor. So, um, you know, when you think about Colorado and, and what they've done, um, go into the portal and bringing in 50, 60 new players. I mean, something we've never seen before, uh, is going to be on showcase today. So I actually think talent wise, Colorado does have a, a fair bit of talent. 
offensively, at least on the starting line. Depth, I think, will be a massive issue for the Buffaloes this year. I have some concerns about the offensive line. I have some serious concerns about their defense. Uh, but I do think with that flash-fast type of offense that uh, Sean Lewis is bringing from Kent State, I think we could see some points. So, uh, like you said, Femi, contractually obligated to talk about uh, <laughs> this game. It's a big noon kickoff game. It's going to be high-profile. Uh, I'm not going to touch the point spread. I would maybe look towards the uh, towards TCU as we've seen a little bit of movement today in the market. But uh, I guess I would go over, if anything, uh, in this spot. Hey, Tim, I, I know uh, you are all over the Colorado State Rams. That's one game you picked out where Clay Mullen, Clay Millen, the red shirts uh, junior is going to be the sophomore is going to be the transfer, going to be the quarterback. But I really like Cameron Ward at Washington State. I think mm-hmm. he's a really good player. But you're on the Colorado State side. Why is that? Yeah, we've seen a lot of movement, Michael. And, you know, it's not an anti-Washington State play. It's more a pro-Colorado State play. Um, you know, think about continuity, year two of this Jay Norvell team. Uh, you know, speaking of of going to the portal, while they're not going to get the buzz like their, uh, their, their state brother in Colorado, uh, they went out and addressed what needed to be addressed, most importantly for Colorado State, Michael, and that's the offensive line. Uh, they had the worst offensive line in the entire country uh, last year, and they went out and brought in four new starters. Uh, you mentioned Clay Millen coming into year number three in this system, uh, started at Nevada, was the starter last year for Colorado State, took his lumps. Torrey Horton is a guy that uh, will probably be drafted later on uh, this year. You know, you mentioned Cam Ward, Washington State. Um, they bring in Western Kentucky's former offensive coordinator. So I think that's an intriguing hire there. But you've got two new coordinators there at Washington State. I will say this, though, Mike, we've been talking about this game a lot, guys, uh, throughout, you know, the, throughout the week. And I gave it out on VEASAN primetime when it was 12, 12 and a half. And now we're looking at some, you know, single digit situations. You guys just flashed up nine and a half at DraftKings. I would still look at that 10, 10 and a half range for Colorado State, but now we're dipping into the single digits, you know, where Femi sits on this Saturday morning circus sitting at eight and a half might be a situation where it's gone a little bit too far and uh, you could potentially look at uh, at that middling opportunity. But, you know, Colorado State, guys, is just a team that I've been very bullish on heading into this year. One of my favorite win totals to the over is Colorado State. And sitting at home, catching double digits, uh, pretty intrigued by the Rams today uh, in this particular spot. Well, are you going to look to middle this thing then, Tim, on middling 10 in this game between Washington State and Colorado uh, State? Potentially, potentially, Femi. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I honestly, I made a mistake last night with the Hawaii game. Yet Last week I was on this show and I said, take the seven with Hawaii. It gets down to two and a half. And I should have tried to middle it because ultimately Stanford covered uh, all numbers. So yeah. I just flat out lost my bet. So, yeah, I mean, I'll see how the market goes. This game doesn't kick off till seven o'clock Eastern. So yeah, we'll see where this takes us. Uh, but it certainly feels like it's uh, at least one way traffic uh, from from the influential betters when it comes to Colorado uh, to Washington State, Colorado State. So, yeah, certainly a, a middling opportunity with the key number of 10 is uh, is potentially available. And how about Florida State LSU, the big game, right? You're going to take the points in Florida State. I mean, I watched uh, a lot of college football yesterday. Everybody's on this LSU train. Everybody thinks that they could potentially be the final four, but you're going to take Florida State in the three. Yeah, I am. Uh, you know, and 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 you know, we talked about it earlier this week, and um, you know, you could get a cheap three. Now I think it's you know sitting pretty much around two. So 
uh, you know, that might be a little trickier to find. But I, I think Florida State wins this game outright. And, you know, there's a case to be said, you know, Michael, that whoever was getting the, the plus side, that would be my angle. And uh, I just I, I think this Florida State team, the more and more I dove into this matchup, guys, I just I lean a little bit more towards Florida State having just a little bit more talent, having a little more advantages. Both of these teams, uh, top 10 in the portal, uh, went out and, and and addressed a lot of needs in the portal. Um, I think it's a wash at quarterback with, with Jaden Daniels for LSU and Jordan Travis for Florida State. I really like the playmakers for Florida State. Uh, they bring back Johnny Johnny Williams, a six 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 seven wide receiver, uh, and then you bring in Keon Coleman after the spring, the transfer from Michigan State. Uh, Jaheim Bell was another addition they brought in from from South Carolina. Uh, they have a very very veteran offensive line. And then defensively, guys, uh, you look at Jared Verse, a guy who potentially could have been a first round pick coming off the edge for Florida State, and he opted to come back for uh, this upcoming season. They added depth along the defensive line, added Fentrell Cypress from Virginia in the secondary. So for me, it's a very closely, you know, contested, you know, uh, matchup in my opinion. Uh, but ultimately, I'm going to take the points here with Florida State, a little bit on the money line. It should be a heck of a game on Sunday night. But, you know, Michael, to your point, everyone's just assuming that LSU is going to run it back. They're a dark horse to win the national championship. And I'm not really going to uh, deny any of that. But I think Florida State, with the talent that's on that roster, has a real opportunity to win this game. Oddly enough, guys, one of the weird quirks of the college football scheduling. This is the third consecutive year that Brian Kelly and Mike Norvell have gone up against each other to open the season. <laughs> 2021 Notre Dame opened at Florida state last year. Of course it was LSU and Florida state. And now we get LSU Florida state again to open the season. Well, it's, a, it's a Labor Day weekend tradition, Brian Kelly and Mike yeah. Norvell. Uh, <laughs> Tim, we got about 90 seconds left. Let's get to your last play here. South Alabama two lane right now, the green wave laying six and a half total 51 and a half. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a play that my uh, my partner in crime, Sean King, Tulane legend. Uh, I don't think he loves all that much, but uh, <laughs> hey, as we like to say, we pull for our pockets. So I'm taking the points with South Alabama uh, in this spot against Tulane. Tulane, obviously coming off of a, a remarkable season, a historic season. You know, going to the Cotton Bowl, coming back and beating USC. But guys, when you have the type of success that Tulane had last year. You're going to have turnover, right? So what happened? Tajay Spears, their superstar running back who rushed for over 200 yards against USC. He's in Tennessee now, not with the Vols, with the Titans. He was a third round pick. You lose, I believe, their five top tacklers. You lose their two top pass catchers uh, did the green wave. And what happens to your coaching staff? Well, while you were able to keep Willie Fritz, the head coach, you lost your offensive coordinator as he retired. Granted, they bring in Slade Nagel, who's been on the staff, who comes up from the tight ends coach position. You lost two defensive coordinators uh, because Lance Guidry, who came in to replace Chris Hampton, uh, he got poached by Miami. So they had to go to Troy's defensive coordinator. And they also lost their special teams coordinator. South Alabama guys brings back 18 starters. The entire coaching staff is back. So I think South Alabama is going to be ready to roll here uh, tonight down at Yulman Stadium. And final thought here, there might just be a little bit of an eyeball from this two-lane squad thinking, we have an SEC squad coming to town next week when mm. Ole Miss comes to town. You better be ready tonight to, uh, to play 60 against the Jags. I think USA, South Alabama Jags, has a shot to win this game outright. There we go. Nine VEASAN experts in the College Football Betting Guide picked 
South Alabama to win the Sun Belt. So they're not messing around the Jaguars, that is. He is Tim Murray, VEASAN College Ball Betting Podcast host, also host of VEASAN Primetime. Thanks, Tim. Good luck with the bets. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate you. All right. We'll be back on the other side. This is the Lombardi Line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. Get rewarded before you ever place a bet with the G-Bank Visa Signature Card. Unlike other credit cards that decline sports betting transactions or treat them as a cash advance, the G-Bank Visa Signature Card can load directly to your favorite sportsbook apps. You'll earn a 1% cash rewards on gaming and sports app loads every time and 2% on other purchases. G-Bank Visa is a card designed for gaming and sports fans everywhere and works with apps like DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars. To learn more, go to g.bank slash That's g bank slash visa is it news corleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately or just noise are you gonna act like this is news just noise let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question news or noise 
Oh, the folks on the DraftKings Network seeing that one for the first time. News or noise? Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. We'll get back to the college football to start our number two. Also have two guests, Barrett Salee from CBS and Wes Reynolds, VEASAN's own Wes Reynolds in our number two. But let's talk a little NFL here with news or noise. And this first headline here, Michael, comes from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans, who has been productive all throughout his career. Well, his agent said that we need a deadline for a contract extension, and that deadline is going to be September 9th, which happens to be the day before the start of the regular season. So they've been negotiating for over a year, but the agent says, give us a contract or let's move forward and part our ways. Is this news or noise that they have set a September 9th deadline in the contract talks? Well, it's news because the, the Bucks have very few players that they can go to to get below the cap. They have very few players that have a lot of money tied up in paragraph five, and Mike Evans does. And when you need to create cap room, you go to players who have large paragraph fives. You guarantee the paragraph five. That's treated as signing bonus, and then it gets spread out over the length of the contract, whether you void it or not. And so... To me, for them to create cap room, to because right now we're still operating under the 51 concept. So you're only counting the top 51 salaries in the cap. Once Saturday starts next week, a week from today, you got to count everybody. And if they did that right now, the Bucks would be about $8 million over the cap. So this deadline really is the Bucks should have imposed it. But I think the agent's smart enough to know that don't come back to me for cap room if you don't give me a deal done before the ninth. I think it's news. What do you think happens with this? Do you think Mike Evans ends up being a trade candidate here if they don't get something done by the ninth? Well, I, th I think they have to almost get something done by the ninth. They need the cap room. They, they, they have very few players on their team that they can go to to get cap relief. I mean, they have Shaq Barrett at $14 million, but he counts already already up there. Uh, Devin White would be another player they would have to go to. He's got he's in the last year of his deal. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris Godwin is their fourth highest cap number, but he's only making a million dollars. Carlton Davis, million eight. That's the minimum. Carlton Davis is their fifth highest cap player. He's only making a million eight. Vita Vey, see how it just keeps going down? <laughs> so when you're trying to create cap room, you have to go to the paragraph five guys. And those three players are Mike Evans, uh, Shaq Barrett, and Devin White. they got to get something done with one of the three. Mm. I mean, they're carrying so much dead money from, you know, they're carrying $20, 35000000 million from, Bra from the Bradys and from, you know, all the things that they've done. So it's challenging. Yeah, credit card bill eventually comes due, and the Bucks are right now in a tough spot. The next headline has to do with another really productive wide receiver, this one, though, in Los Angeles. Cooper Cup suffering what Sean McVay is calling a setback with the hamstring injury. He suffered it on August 1st, but recently Sean McVay said that he is now day-to-day -day as it pertains to his status for next Sunday's game against the Seattle Seahawks. So is this news or noise that Cooper Cup has suffered a setback? No, I think it's news. I, I think we've – look – Cooper Cup had had a generational year two years ago when he had the uh, almost 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, and was the best player on the Rams and led the Rams to a Super Bowl with Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford. But that was then and now is now. And last year he got hurt, and this year he's been hurt. So I think he's over 30. The age is creeping up to him. And I've kind of reminded a lot of people in fantasy, like, I don't think it's a smart play to take Cup as high as you think you should take him. Mm. I think it's going to be a problem all year for him. Soft tissue injuries 
on a player that's been around a lot like this, that's more concerning than ever before. And that tells you there's something else going on with the body. There's something else going on in terms of recovery. So I think it's definitely news. I would be alarmed. Yeah, the betting market reacted slightly, but I think we'll see more reaction if Cooper Cup was ruled out later on this week and then it's oh, all of a sudden he's one out. one second. Yeah. I mean, whether Cup plays or not, you know, he averaged 10.8 yards a catch last year. Mm-hmm. They're going to they'll double Seattle will double him to try to take him out of the game. Now Seattle's not going to have Weatherspoon, their rookie. He's still out too, but to me, when you play the Rams, Cup is a then player, but you still are going to treat him like a now player mm-hmm. and you got to take him out of the game. And you got to force the ball to someone else. Is it Von Jefferson? Who are they going to throw it to? And I think that's going to make it harder on Stafford. Well, there was a training camp injury scare in Cincinnati to start the August month here. Joe Burrow suffering what is called a calf strain. Well, he since now has returned to practice in full pads. However, Zach Taylor, the head coach, does not want to commit to Burrow starting week one, saying, quote, just taking it day to day. Is this news or noise? Oh, I think it's noise. He's playing. We all know he's playing. The book knows he's playing. You know, America knows he's playing. He wouldn't be cleared to practice in full pads if he wasn't playing, right? I mean, he's out there. We watch video of it. I mean, who are we kidding? He's going to play. Now, look, just so we're aware, the Browns in the last four games against the Bengals are 3-1. and one. one of those games didn't really matter. The Bengals had already had everything clinched, and Brendan Allen played quarterback. But they've done a nice job against Joe Burrow. They've won two games. They've lost one. So they're going to need this. They're going to need Burrow to beat the Browns. The Browns play them well, and I think they're going to need Burrow to play at, at his top level of the game. I think these two weeks are really going to help him because it gives him an opportunity to get back in rhythm again. Yeah, I think it was Halloween last year, or it might have been around that time when they played on Monday Night Football, and the Browns just beat them, them. up. They yeah, beat them they up. They did. Man. They whooped them. So we'll see if the Bengals can go ahead and, and get some revenge there in this upcoming game next Sunday, where we expect Joe Burrow to be the starting quarterback for Cincinnati. Uh, we don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, though. They recently have cut Colt McCoy, who was their starter throughout the offseason, and now it's down to newly acquired Josh Dobbs or the rookie fifth-round pick Clayton Toon out of Houston. Head coach Jonathan Gannon says that he's not going to name a starter because that is a competitive advantage to us <laughs> against the commanders. Is that news or noise that Gannon's not going to name a starter ahead of week number one? That's noise. I mean, <laughs> let's face it, okay? let's. The reason they traded for Joshua Dobbs, like this isn't rocket science, right? We know this. They traded for Dobbs because Drew Petzler, their offensive coordinator, was with him in Cleveland. He knows him. And he knows the system. So there's kind of a, 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 a sim- symmetry between the player and the coach, right? And so they traded for him for a specific reason. They knew that Colt McCoy wasn't going to be able to handle the job. They're in training camp. I know you find this hard to believe, but they watch practice. They film practice and they watch practice. And from the watching of practice, without watching the game, they determined that Colt McCoy, that this is it. we got to get a quarterback and Dobbs, because of Doran Robinson Thompson, uh, Thompson Robinson, I always get that messed up, mm-hmm. it, you know, was have made him available. I mean, the Browns fully thought Dobbs was going to be their backup this year. But the fifth-round pick made that different. So based on that, they went for Dobbs, and I just truly think Dobbs will be the starter. I think it's all noise. And Gannon, you know, regardless of who plays, that's uh, going to be hard for the Cardinals, but it's going to be really hard if if Toon plays. Dobbs, at least we saw him play against Jacksonville with Tennessee down there with very little prep time and actually looked effective. 
the people on X are killing Jonathan Gannon, man. I, I, and like, I, and I, I get it's easy to oh. pile on because he seemed like he like the, the, I don't know if you saw the video of him talking to the team about the fire in the gut and all that stuff. And like, I get it. It's it looks a little weird, but I'm like, maybe he's a good coach. Maybe he's a bad coach, but we don't know. Like, we just we gotta well, see. Like, we don't really know. Well, you you and you gotta see. I mean, look. Uh, I mean, can we, I mean, can we let him coach a regular see, season I game? <laughs> I know. I mean, would you still have to see if Barry Sanders is a good player? Are you ready to commit to that? I mean, are you ready to commit to Lawrence Taylor as a good player? Do you need to see more? Like, that's what I want to know. Do you need to see a little bit more Lawrence Taylor? How about Ronnie Lott? Do you need to see a little bit more Ronnie? The, the thing about this is, is, look, if you're on the Twitter side, that's not good. I, I yeah. said this before Twitter got engaged. I thought Jonathan Gannon was pressed to be a defensive coordinator. I think that the Eagles did a great job. Now, you can't forget this. They had Vic Fangio helping Jonathan Gannon last year. That was mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. And they wanted Vic Fangio to replace Gannon when he left. They, Gannon kind of messed them up. That's why they filed that tampering thing, because they thought Gannon wasn't getting the Arizona job. He led them to believe that. So I, I don't see it. I'm not surprised because I don't think he did anything in Philadelphia to demonstrate to me that he was ready to become a head coach. I thought he was challenged to be a coordinator. Yeah, but but that's a whole. You're saying something different than what the folks on X are saying. They're just taking a snippet of a of a meeting and saying, "Oh, see, this is why he's bad." And like, I, I'm like, is that why he's bad? Because I remember speaking to Philadelphia, Nick Sirianni's opening press conference when he was introduced by the Philadelphia Eagles, and he was talking about we have systems in place and all that, and everybody was killing Sirianni, saying that, "Wow, this guy's a horrible hire." And now two years later, everyone says the Eagles have a really good head coach and they're one of the best teams in the league. So, like, let's just pump but the But they brain. have a system. Philadelphia is different than that. Philadelphia has an infrastructure that helped Peterson and it helped, and it helped Sirianni. All right. We'll be back to talk some more NFL on the other side. Fade or follow next here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. The updated NFL betting guide is out now throughout the NFL preseason. The VEASAN experts have been reevaluating every team to give you the betting edge. And our updated NFL betting guide will have picks from every on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VEASAN betting splits, and football contest strategies. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews, now is the time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber for as low as $19 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line rolling along on a college football Saturday. 30 minutes to kick off Michael and nobody better to have help us preview the slate than our buddy Wes Reynolds, host of VEASAN tonight. Big contributor to the VEASAN college football betting guide. We encourage everybody to take a look at that, pour over that guide before you make those bets coming up later on this afternoon. Wes, hope all is well. We appreciate you joining us this morning. I want to start not with a game that you have a bet in for one of your best bets, but with the game that I'm sure is most near and dear to your heart. That is your Indiana Hoosiers hosting the Ohio State Buckeyes. Right now, the Buckeyes 29 and a half point favorites in the market. Total is at 59. I'm most interested in the total because we saw in the betting guide that the last six times the Buckeyes and Hoosiers have done battle, the game has gone over the total. Do you think we see this thing go over 59 or is the market correct with not really steaming this thing up? Number looks kind of right here, Femi, uh, because there's a lot of unknowns in this game. We know with Ohio State, Kyle McCord's going to get the start. Devin Brown also going to play. So Ryan Day is going to use two quarterbacks and Indiana's probably going to use two quarterbacks. Uh, the long-term starter for the Hoosiers is going to be Taven Jackson. 
who transfers in from Tennessee. And if that name's familiar, he is the younger brother of Trace Jackson Davis, who mm. just graduated and had a great career on the hardwood down in Bloomington. But he and probably both Brennan Soresby are going to uh, see quarterback reps. Uh, pretty much an entire new defense from Indiana. Only two starters back in. You know, my concern, at least with Indiana, is that they've had to rely a lot on the portal. And I think they have like 25 new players from the portal. And that means you're getting your butts kicked in the high schools in terms of recruiting. You don't mm -hmm. want to rely too much on that portal. And I think Indiana's had to do that to fill out a roster. That said, 31 or more, I think, is at least a small buy on Indiana in this game. I don't know if there's many times on the Lombardi line that uh, the University of Massachusetts is going to be <laughs> a play for somebody. Don Brown's big win last week against New Mexico State has everybody on board. Our Stormy is down at Auburn this weekend. So, Wes, you're all over the Minutemen. Are you really going to take the 38? I did take 38 and a half. It's like 35, 35 and a half, Michael. So uh, I may be getting led to slaughter here, but I like what I saw. And I mean, look, improvement is a relative term when you only win one game up there, uh, Don Brown up there in Amherst. But they actually have a real quarterback, Pomacha, who was originally at Clemson and then transferred to Georgia Tech, didn't really find a spot there, and now at UMass. And when you look with Auburn, this is this is the first game with new offensive system, new defensive system. Hugh Freeze comes in back in the SEC on the plane. So I want to see what this is going to look like. It, it is going to be Peyton Thorne, by the way, the transfer from Michigan State that's going to start at quarterback. I think you'll probably see some Robbie Ashford, who got a lot of starts last year. Ashford really more of the runner, and Peyton Thorne kind of more your pro-style, typical quarterback. but. Yeah, this is this is a big number here and uh, might be some nerves early for Auburn, who credit to them when Brian Harson got fired last year. They fought really hard every single game for Cadillac Williams, who, by the way, Hugh kept on staff as the assistant head coach. So I think that that was good for the players and good for recruits as well. And and I actually like Auburn a little bit better than the market does this year. I just thought this was a big number. We're speaking with Wes Reynolds, host of VEASAN tonight, which you can check out Monday through Friday, 9 to midnight Eastern, 6 to 9 West Coast time. Also host of the VEASAN Long Shots podcast for our golf bettors out there as well. Well, Wes, let's get to one of your best bets. This one on the West Coast. It's a late night kick, 7.30 West Coast time, 10.30 Eastern. Coastal Carolina, UCLA. Right now in the market, the Bruins, 15.5 point favorites, total 66.5. What do you like, side or total? Yeah, and a lot of respect for Coastal Carolina, what that program has accomplished in the last few years. And Grayson McCall, by the way, is back for his uh, fifth year as the quarterback. So the cupboard's not bare down there in Conway. However, Jamie Chadwell goes and takes the Liberty job. So now Tim Beck, who's had uh, various offensive coordinator stints, uh, was at Texas, most recently at NC State. He takes over, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. So... There's a lot of switching there on, on that staff with Coastal Carolina. And they get a UCLA team that I think the market's pretty low on because DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, now playing in the NFL as the number two, maybe perhaps the number one down the line for the Cleveland Browns. So uh, that he's gone and the running back was gone from last year. But everybody else on the offense is back, including most of the offensive line. They're going to probably play three quarterbacks. They're going to play Ethan Garbers. Uh, the brother of Chase Garbers, who kind of has most experience in the system. And then they're also going to use uh, Schlee, Colin Schlee, the transfer from Kent. 
But the guy that's really the quarterback for the future out in Westwood is Dante Moore out of Detroit, out of Martin Luther King High School. He is one of the highest rated recruits in the history of the program. So you'll see him today. And I really kind of like the spot more for UCLA because if you look last year, they played another Sun Belt team. They played South Alabama. And they only won by one. South Alabama actually probably should have won the game. They had a fake field goal they tried in the fourth quarter that went awry. And then UCLA went down and scored the winning touchdown. But that was a mid-afternoon game. Wasn't a very big crowd at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Tonight it's the opener. Should be a pretty good crowd, uh, you know, being that it's the late night game. So I think Chip Kelly's going to have his team's attention this time around. They kind of like... I think overlook South Alabama. They're not going to do the same with Coastal Carolina tonight. You know, we talk about the Cowboy Golden Bears. They now are in the ACC, redirecting everything. And you like North Texas. I mean, Eric Marsh has done a great job with North Texas program. I don't think people really know much about him. I mean, the mean Joe Green went there, was the first pick of the Steelers, obviously. I think that's everybody talks about that. But why do you like why do you like the uh, Mean Green today against the Cal Golden Bears, which you know they new offensive coordinator. I mean, this is a big year for for uh, Justin Wilcox and a def- uh, you know as he gets through it, he's got to fix his offense at some point. Yeah, and another famous football alum at North Texas, that being Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, <laughs> oh, I miss him. There you go, Wes. See, I'm not, not you're good not, on that wrestling. I'm not. That's the bottom not line. It's just mean Joe Green on the gridiron. I, I will grant you that. But yeah, Cal, uh, a lot of transition. But one thing with Justin Wilcox, he has always had a very good defense uh, out there in Berkeley. But in terms of the quarterback, I don't think they've decided on one. Sam Jackson transfers in from TCU. Ben Finley, another transfer, because Jack Plummer, who was the quarterback last year, you saw him last night actually uh, uh, get the win with Louisville. And I just think that this is a little bit of a tricky spot for Cal to go on the road and face a non-Power 5 team down in Apogee Stadium in Denton, Texas. You know, those teams get up when you get uh, Power 5 coming in. And Cal also has Auburn coming out to Berkeley next week. And uh I, I just thought, you know, it's a, it's a weather thing, too, because you get these West Coast guys and they get down in humid weather. We kind of saw that with Utah against Florida last year. Of course, Utah paid them back on Thursday night. And you get down in that Texas humidity and you're not used to it. That conditioning, especially early in the season, there's being in shape and then there's being in football shape. I know that sounds cliche, but... You get that conditioning late in the season, that starts to wear on a team in the fourth quarter, and I think it could wear on the Golden Bears. Well, you also have a play in the South Alabama-Tulane game. This one a popular game for our VEASAN experts here uh, right now. Tulane laying 6.5, total 51.5 here. Uh, What is drawing you towards the South Alabama Jaguars? Yeah, I hope not too popular, but if you recall Tulane last year, their win total was 6. They win 12 games. They, uh, they beat USC. They were like 0.2% chance to beat USC in that Cotton Bowl. They were down 15 with like four and a half to play, and they get the win. Now, there's always a cost for success that you're willing to pay, but there is a cost because Tulane loses nine players uh, to the NFL draft. They have two new coordinators now. Michael Pratt, the quarterback, is back. But now, all of a sudden, Tulane is the hunted, and they're not the hunter. They're predicted to win the AAC. 
The last impression that betters uh, have is that they came back and beat the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, South Alabama, 10 wins last year for Kane Womack. Best season they've had since they moved to FBS in 2012. Nine starters back on offense, nine back on defense, including the quarterback on offense, Carter Bradley, the Toledo transfer. And I think South Alabama is looking, you know, to get that signature win. By the way, Tulane next week has a matchup with Ole Miss, who beat him by 42 years ago. A lot of guys on that roster uh, feel the hurt from that. And Ole Miss is actually playing on the campus stadium, Yulman Stadium. So biggest game in the history of that stadium since it opened in 2014. I think South Alabama maybe catches these guys a little sleepy early here in week one. All right. He is Wes Reynolds, host of VEASAN tonight. Once again, check that out, 9 to midnight Eastern. Also the host of the VEASAN Long Shots podcast for our golf betters out there. Make sure you get that wherever you get your podcast. Wes, awesome stuff as always. Good luck Thanks, with Wes. the bets, man. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, fellas. Thank you. Good stuff there from Wes Reynolds. We are 20 minutes away from kickoff. Final thoughts on today's college football slate coming up next. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.